0: You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host Stephen
1: Michael and Sonny Hollywood Poony. You are about to hear Sully Erna from Godsmack talking about Ronnie James Dio. This interview was done about seven years ago.
2: The music world lost Ronnie James Dio. Can you talk about what his music and talents meant to you personally and to the metal scene in general and if you also have any personal story of meeting him?
1: Well, for one, um, he was... One of the most powerful singers in metal history ever, and he was short. So I love that because <laughs> I'm not a big guy. And I love that a little guy could have a big voice like that um, and really kind of be a mentor for all of us and pave the way. Um, plus, he was a really nice guy, and we actually did a show with him back in, like, 96, I think it was. Before we had had a deal, we did an open for them um, at the Strand in Rhode Island Theater. Um, and it was—he was just, you know, super, super nice guy, and uh, hell of a performer, and all that stuff. Um, and I think that, you know, I think he was a really important figure in, in metal music, especially in, in Heaven and Hell. You know, even though I love Ozzy and I love Sabbath, to, to me, that's still my favorite record from Sabbath of all time. Um, and it was due to that and Mob Rules. You know, maybe Mob Rules and, Black, and, and Heaven and Hell may have been my two favorite records that Black Sabbath ever did. I know Ozzy's going to hate hearing that, but, <laughs> <coughs> um, but, you know, that's just my personal preference. You are about to hear an interview with Lita Ford talking about Ozzy Osborne. This interview was done a couple of years ago. Well,
2: Ozzy's, uh, I mean, he's a talent, you know, you, you got to look past the character that he really is, um, you know, with the little glasses and the way he walks and all the, you know, the shaking and everything. I mean, he's such a fucking character, but, um. He's a talent too, you know, when we did Close My Eyes Forever, Mike Chapman, who is the producer on the project, put us in the vocal booth facing each other. So we actually sang it, looking at each other. And I realized at that point, what a great vocalist Ozzy really is. And uh, wow, he can hit that note, that's pretty cool, because it's high. And uh, he hit it with ease. Um, Doing the video shoot was awesome, working with Ozzy. He was up in the tower, we were in an old train station. Now I was down on the floor and he was up in the tower and he was just so haunting in that video.
3: So, Sonny, every once in a while on the Grown Up Rock podcast, we love to get the listeners involved and we love to have these what I like to call great rock debates. Which guy is better than this guy? Which band is better than this band? That whole thing. We try to usually pair pretty equal bands on paper or equal artists on paper, and tonight is no exception. So in the past, we've done like the Rat versus Crew. Why did Crew end up bigger? We've done Judas Priest versus Iron Maiden, two fairly evenly matched metal legends. Tonight, we're doing Ozzy versus Dio. And we're going to get into this a little bit as far as their careers go, but we're really talking about why Ozzy ended so much more of a household name versus Dio, because when we go through some of their highlights, there's a lot more similarities than people might think about these two singers. It's not just that one replaced the other in Black Sabbath. There's a whole lot more than that as we go through it, and we'll learn a little bit about that. But I'm excited about the way you laid out this episode. What do you think? Yeah, you go out to uh, the listeners with a debate like this, and it becomes
4: emotional. And some took the simple way out. Some had a lot to say. We'll talk about that in a little while. And the subjects were all over the place. Like somebody would start answering about one thing. And then before you know it, the message said like six different things. So what I ended up doing was take all the stuff and we're not going to talk about all the comments we got, but we're going to talk about a lot of them that we got. And I basically dumped them into like eight groups. So we could have some sort of conversation about like eight different topics. Otherwise it's just one jumbled mess with Sharon versus Wendy versus wet t-shirt contest versus blah, blah, like it just got crazy after a while.
3: Yeah. People are passionate about, uh, the Aussie Dio debate and it's really easy to go, uh, Aussie rules, Dio rules, whatever, you know, let's drill down a little bit further into both of these artists and, uh, really hear what people are saying. But before we get too far into that, you know what we like to do around here at the Grown Up Rock Podcast. We love turning people on to new bands and new albums. So it's time to, you know it, crank it up. Crank up!
0: It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight.
3: So tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from a Swedish band. Hey, another Swedish band called Fans of the Dark. They just released their latest album called Suburbia. It's the follow-up to their debut album from last year. Here's another thing. This band has released two albums in two years, and that's not something that normally happens these days. Bands are taking two, three years off in between albums. But I really enjoyed their last album their debut album so let's spin the first track off of this suburbia record called night of the living dead check it out they're coming to get you barbara
4: So the music straight ahead rock, I don't really know how to take these guys to be honest. I've only listened to the album once all the way through and I am interested enough to listen more, but it feels so the music, like I said, straight ahead rock, the melodies and the feel of it is like journey on Halloween in a horror film. It's a weird mix. I've never really heard this kind of mix before because normally when you hear this kind of mix, it's a parody type band that's doing Halloween-type songs. But even the cover of the CD is very horror Halloween-y. And just, I felt like
3: there was some eerie to the melodies. It's I don't know how to explain it, actually. That's an interesting take. I love hearing that take. They're definitely not a parody band. They're straight up for real. I will tell you that the first album didn't have as much connotation as this new album. So this new album, Suburbia, uh, as you heard with the first song, Night of the Living Dead, if you look at the song titles on this record, there's a lot of pretty much like horror type thing. Uh, the lineup is Alex Falk on vocals, Oscar Bromvall on guitars, Richard Graham Fours on bass and Freddie Allen on drums. The guy that writes everything and it's pretty much his band is Freddie Allen, the drummer, uh, which you don't hear a whole lot of from drummers, but Freddie and Alex, the singer are the ones that form the band. I know it's for real. Like I said, I enjoyed the first record. I actually think that I enjoyed the riffage on this second album, even a little bit more. It's a little bit more straight ahead for me. So, I'm sort of in the same boat as you, Sonny. I mean, it's invoked me enough to want to continue to listen to it to see whether I really, really like it or not. Whether or not it'll end up in my top 10 at the end of the year, I don't know about that. We'll see, but uh, I'm definitely going to spend some more time uh, with this record, and I'm actually going to go back to the first record and uh, listen to that a little bit more as well.
0: Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock.
4: So getting to the Aussie-Dio debate, let me first read what I put out there that our listeners responded to. Simple Facebook post that said, let's do an Aussie-Dio debate. I probably just needed to write that and would have (laughs) got books and books and books of stuff. But I went on to say both Metal Legends... Both were in legendary bands and had successful solo careers. Why was Ozzy so much more popular? Did Dio miss on something in the 70s and 80s? Why didn't we ever get a Dio fest? Who do you like best and why? That's what the post said. Now, just to put some housekeeping aside, Dio's not with us anymore. Rest in peace. Ronnie James Dio died May 16th of 2010. Ozzy, most likely, Ozzy is going to outlive us all. So somehow he's going to be 135, even after the two bottles of vodka a night and snorting ants and all the other stuff he was doing. Somehow this dude is going to outlive us. Keith Richards, Ace Fraley, Ozzy Osbourne, all three would somehow be at my funeral. I don't understand. It's called formaldehyde. (laughs) So anyway, and we're we're not going to really do a history lesson here. We're going to do a little bit of that as we kind of talk about the eight subjects. But I wanted to start with some commonalities between these two, okay? So both Ozzy and Dio have released at least 10 solo studio albums. Dio's released 10, Ozzy released 13. Both were born in the 1940s. Dio was born in 1942, Ozzy was born in 1948. Both were married twice. Dio married second wife Wendy in 78. Ozzy married second wife Sharon in 82. Both had their second wife be the band manager, although we'll talk about it a little bit later, but Wendy didn't really want to be. Sharon basically married him because she was, but Wendy didn't really want to be. Both have been known to, we'll just say, screw band members over in royalties and publishing and or songwriting credit. Maybe that's Wendy and Sharon's fault. Who knows? Both were obviously in Black Sabbath. Both have had multi-platinum records. Both are rock metal legends with Ozzy's major bands being Black Sabbath and Solo, and Dio's major bands being Rainbow, Black Sabbath, Solo, and Heaven and Hell. So they've got some commonality. There's no doubt about that. Anybody in our group of podcasters slash the rock metal fan community know who Ronnie James Dio and Ozzy Osbourne are. There's no doubt about that. So when we got some of these answers from the listeners, some just kept it simple, right? The Dio rules... Came from Chip Edwins, Mark Brioti, Eric Peterson, Wayne Sepcott, Brent Evans, Wes Haskins, Neil Spears. They basically just took the easy way out.
0: This is last year's physics notes. It's the
3: best I could do. Thanks a lot, fellas. You're saving my life. (laughs) (laughs) O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle, I got a feeling your whole family's going down. But for now, I got to study.
4: Then there was an Aussie rules, right? Right after the deal rules, there would be an Aussie rules. Ace Mez, David Drew, Patrick Larson, Sean O'Dalale. I think that's how you say it. Okay. Then there was the people who took the cop out. I like them both equally. Eric LaSalle, Charles Brock, Mike Moon. Mike Moon even said, potato, potato. They're about the same. I don't think so, but that's beside the point. Then some of our listeners had a lot to say. Okay? So the eight topics... And I kind of wrote this as I would be writing a mini series of some sort on Netflix that were half an hour episodes or a chapters of a book, a short book because I can't write long books. And this first episode slash chapter would be named Ozzy is nuts and Dio was not. So some comments. Tom Neurberg says Dio is better by far less popular because he wasn't in the headlines for doing stupid things. Tony Mattis said, Dio had a head on his shoulders and didn't do stupid shit. Dio didn't mess around with heavy drugs in the eighties and didn't seem to get drunk on stage or interviews. Ozzy did do stupid shit and stuff like that all the time. Eric Peterson said Dio kept it simple, having a beer and a couple of doobies before hitting the stage, mellow and ready to be dramatic and have fun at the same time. And then Jeff Martin said Dio is the superior vocalist by Miles. Ozzy is a great entertainer and his heyday embodied the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle that resonated with people and had the people in his corner to exploit that to his benefit and most likely theirs too. Don't get me wrong, Ozzy has put out some great albums over the course of his career, but Ronnie's run from 75 through 84, Rainbow Sabbath and the first two Dio albums, is impressive any way you slice it. Bottom line is you have a consummate professional musician releasing records for almost 20 years before breaking through with mainstream audiences versus an accomplished alcoholic publicly pissing on national monuments and biting the heads off wind creatures who also made records and played shows. It's easy to see which is going to resonate more with people. So I kind of put on there, if you wanted to put Ozzy's, if I had to explain him to somebody in a couple of words, I would probably say crazy wild card. If I had to explain Dio to somebody, I would probably say reserved, professional, kind. I never met Dio, but anybody who has met Dio that's been interviewed says that. So my question for you, Stephen, is, is it safe to say that being a crazy wild card is much more appealing long-term to people versus this reserved, my friend-slash-dad-slash-brother kind guy that happens to be singing about Dungeons & Dragons?
3: I think to answer this question Hollywood all you have to do is go to Facebook <laughs> and look at, <laughs> and look at the post because people love a train wreck. People love controversy, people love debate, people love negativity, unfortunately, right? And so I think that that draws people in. Going back to our Rat versus Motley Crew, I think that's sort of what we deduced at the end of that episode is that Crew was ended up much larger of a band because even though Rat was dysfunctional, they they didn't bring the sideshow like Motley Crue did. So, yes, I think it's safe to say that being a crazy wild card is much more appealing long-term to people.
4: And I agree with the Ozzy had people around him taking advantage of the crazy, right? Because how did we, as fans... See a picture of him dripping blood from his mouth after he bit the head off that bird. Somebody would have had to take a picture, right? Is is everybody in the room going, oh, my God, somebody snap a picture real quick. This is great for publicity, right? There's no bad press. It has to be that way. Otherwise, how would we have seen it?
3: The other interesting thing is because there's two uh, head off of Dove and head off of Bat, two different things. But the head off the Dove thing was at a publicity thing. It was at the record company publicity meeting. So so this is, this is where this first occurs uh, when he's being introduced to the record company. And that's why they were so appalled about this whole thing. But there's no such thing as bad publicity, is there? No, there isn't. There isn't. <laughs>
1: The thing, the thing I miss most about kids, though, is, um, is my music. That's what you're going to miss the most, because I, I grew up an 80s metal guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it, Dio, Where are off To the witch, you know, all that stuff. We might <laughs> never, never return. I can't, I can't listen to that in front of my little ones. And it's, and it's aggravating, because nothing, nothing, but kid music is... Awful. <laughs> it's
0: all it reels on the bus. <laughs> round and round. <laughs> oh the sky is blue and yeah, duh.
5: <laughs> duh. <laughs> buzz buzz buzz. Yeah,
1: alright, I got it, I got yeah, I got I said, so, you know, we need some rock music. To save children's music. Ozzy would be great if London
0: Bridge is falling down. <laughs> falling down. Falling down. London Bridge is falling down. My fair lady. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, so the second episode's last chapter to this book, I named Ozzy is Cool. And Dio was not. And I'll tell you, my beautiful family rarely comments on this kind of stuff because reality is they don't know who Ozzy or Dio is. Nicole's not going to get involved in this. Kids aren't going to get involved in this. But one of my daughters actually got involved. So Gianna put on there because Ozzy's just simply cooler. So somehow this guy who's going to outlive us all has resonated with a 20-year-old female that doesn't even like metal music. Right? That's how Ozzy is cool. Daniel People said, when I was younger, it was just image. Ozzy had a cooler vibe. Dio seemed a bit dorky. I could understand that. Joe Rowland answered, individual talents as vocalists aside, I don't know what it is, but Ozzy is one of a handful of people I've seen over the decades that just has an undeniable hold over live audiences. He could ask them to do just about anything, and they would. With Dio, I just never witnessed the same effect. He's a good front man, but it was nowhere near the same connection with the audience. On a personal, individual level, though, Dio was very kind and gracious when you were dealing with him. Bill Kling, longtime friend of mine, said he might make me mad, but the reason Kiss was popular is the same reason Ozzy was popular. It's all about persona. And then Jesse Reynolds said, Ozzy had pop radio hits, which makes a difference, unfortunately. So since Jesse had said that, I went to go look at the Hot 100 and wanted to go see how did Dio and Ozzy fare on the Hot 100. And Dio never hit the Hot 100, did not have one hit. Now, the music he was doing maybe wasn't conducive to that. Ozzy has had four. It's hard to hit the Hot 100. Different on mainstream rock charts. Both of these guys were on mainstream rock charts, but even there, Ozzy had four times the hits that Dio had. But on the Hot 100, Dio had none, Ozzy had four. No More Tears, which got all the way to number 71, Shot in the Dark, which got all the way to number 68, I Don't Want to Stop, which got all the way to 61, and Mama, I'm Coming Home, which got all the way to 28. Now, as you're hearing No More Tears, Shot in the Dark, I Don't Want to Stop, and Mama, I'm Coming Home, that spans several years. This isn't one album that was a diamond album and he ended up getting four hits out of it. This isn't your New Jersey. This isn't your Slippery When Wet right? This is several albums doing this. Also, you got to remember that Ozzy had Close My Eyes Forever with Lita Ford, which got all the way to the top 10 and topped out at eight. And then he just did a song with Post Malone, which has got to be the only way Gianna really knows who Ozzy is, called Take What You Want, which also got to number eight. So I don't know, Stephen, is it fair to say Ozzy is deemed more cooler to mass audiences than Dio?
3: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) There's so much to unpack with all of this. All right. So first let's go back to all the hits that you named quote unquote, the hits, all those things don't happen. If Ozzy's reality TV show doesn't happen on MTV, you can put that in the books. Yeah. But that was after all these hits that came afterwards. Bull do the dates. There's no way I guarantee you that show came before all this stuff guaranteed. Look it up. Are you talking about the Osbournes? Yes, I'm talking about the Osbournes. There's no way the Osbournes was around the 80s or 90s. Look it up. Pause. Pause this Computer, episode. fix that. We'll figure that out.
1: This argument is an easy one to settle. This one statement by Stephen could be the worst take ever on growing up rock. His supposed gay guarantee is complete garbage. No More Tears was 1991. Shot in the Dark was 1986. Mama, I'm Coming Home was 1991. Close My Eyes Forever was 1988. The Osbournes reality show ran from 2002 through 2005. The only Billboard 100 hit after the Osbournes was I Don't Want to Stop in 2007. The score is Sunny 1, Steven 0 for this episode.
3: Because I think that Ozzy and Dio are pretty much on the same playing field until that Osbournes show. Because they're putting out good music. I mean, <laughs> Ozzy's got Randy Rhodes on those first two albums. Those first two albums are iconic records. I mean, he doesn't become a household name until the Osbournes. And once the Osbournes happen, he becomes this pop icon, this pop figure, basically. And after that, his star shoots up. That's when George Bush is using his name at the White House. That's when all this other stuff happens for him. And we know for a fact, the Post Malone thing, that's more recent, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'd be real surprised if any of that other stuff happened before the Osborne's TV show. I think it all came after that show. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not great with dates, but I think that we go back to that. And that's what made Ozzy cool in the mass audience eyes. Now, as for people like you and I, well, you know, Ozzy's always been cool, right? I discovered Ozzy around Speak of the Devil, so he was cool to me then. Dio's always been cool for me as well. So I think they're two totally different types of cool, but I never felt like Dio was a dork, not to me. Yeah, what the interesting part is, is that,
4: so I was telling Nicole this morning, I'm like, hey, we're going to talk about Ozzy and Dio today. She said, oh, I said, you know who Ozzy is, right? She goes, yeah. I go, any idea who Dio is? She goes, no. So then I started thinking, I'm like, you know, normally when she says she doesn't know somebody, I can go play a song or two. And she goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I can't even do that with Dio. No. Because there ain't no song she's heard. No rainbow in the dark. Not not even rainbow in the dark. No mob rules, no heaven and hell. No. Where would she have heard any of that? Yeah. That's the problem, right? Crazy trains being played at every sporting event. Yeah. Oh, it's true. hundred percent. I'm not going to argue that at all. OzFest, I think, didn't hurt either because depending on when the show came out, it obviously kept him relevant. I think things like
3: OzFest connected them to new bands, which also continued to keep him relevant. I agree with that 100%. Again, all that stuff came after the Osbournes.
1: Again, Stephen is completely wrong. The first OzFest was held in 1996. The Osbournes reality show lasted from 2002 through 2005. The score is sunny 2, Steven Zero and GUR Headquarters declares Sunny the winner for today. Let's move on from this topic. The lack of research and accuracy of facts so far are downright embarrassing.
4: So the next chapter that I would put on this book would be songwriting. There was a lot of comments about the songwriting, so just hang with me here. Wayne Perry says, you can say what you want about Ozzy and his persona, but Dio was 72 times the vocalist. I don't know why we picked exactly 72 <laughs> that Ozzy is. And his songwriting was far more intricate and interesting. Emmanuel Martin said, Dio was a better singer, but Ozzy's music was more straightforward than Dio's fantasy theme songs. Ozzy owned a much wider audience. I would say that's true. Graham Richley says, Ozzy has better, more relatable songs. Dio was far too much on the dragon's side. Brandon Furlong, I like Dio by a long shot. Ronnie with Black Sabbath was a lot more rockin', took the dark, heavy tones, but added in a little more rock metal edge. Black Sabbath with Ozzy had a more of a stoner vibe. I like them, but dang, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules are two of the best albums of all time. I don't know if I agree with that, but I can understand why you're saying that. Lauren Carter. Both men had two timeless classic solo records right out of the gate, basically their first two, and then a very strong third album. However, Ronnie was never able to hold on to the commercial viability that Ozzy did. You could argue that his songwriting partners and players, Zach and Jake, brought a lot more to the table than Craig and Rowan. But from a public perception standpoint, it's hard to argue that Ultimate Sin, No Rest for the Wicked, and No More Tears kept Ozzy in the spotlight in a way Dream Evil and Lock Up the Wolves couldn't. And then the last comment we have here on this, Daniel Peoples, I've always been an Ozzy fan, From the first time I heard him, his Sabbath stuff is amazing, and most of his solo output to Osmosis is still in my rotation. For solo careers, Ozzy's music is more interesting to me than Dio's, probably because it's catchier and more melodic. So what I went is I'm like, all right, well, both these guys got platinum records. Like, what was the sales? Okay. So Dio platinum and gold records. Some of this might surprise you. Holy Diver in 83, double platinum. Last in Line, 84, single platinum. Sacred Heart in 85, gold. And then The Very Best of Dio, which came on 2000, also went gold. And we'll get back to Dio in a second. Ozzy's platinum and gold records. All right, let me take a deep breath here. Blizzard of Oz, 1980, 5X platinum. Diary of a Madman, 81, 3X platinum. Bark at the Moon in 83, 3X platinum. Ultimate Sin, 86, 2X platinum. No Rest for the Wicked, 88, 2X platinum. No More Tears 91 4x Platinum, Osmosis 95 Double Platinum, Down to Earth 01 Platinum, Speak of the Devil 82 Platinum, Tribute 87 Double Platinum, Live and Loud 93 Platinum, Ozman Cometh 97 Double Platinum, The Essential Ozzy Osbourne came in 2003 Double Platinum, Prince of Darkness in no 05 Gold, Just Say Ozzy EP Gold, Black Rain in 2007 Gold, Ordinary Man 2020 Gold. Some of that probably happened after the show and people going back and checking that. But here's what happened to Dio. So in 85, he releases Sacred Heart, which we already know went gold. By the time 87 Dream Evil releases, he goes from selling 500,000 plus to barely 100,000 in the U.S. Something happened to Dio in a matter of basically 18 to 24 months. There's some good songwriting in Dream Evil, but Stephen, I want to get your thoughts on the songwriting because I think I agree with some of the comments. Ozzy's is catchier and more melodic.
3: I definitely agree with that. Yeah, overall, I mean, somebody said it earlier, Ozzy's music overall is, is just more relatable than Dio's music. I would agree with that statement, yeah.
4: What do you think happened to Dio between 85 and 87? Is it like, I want to say he wasn't a pretty boy, so he didn't do well on MTV, but
3: Ozzy ain't exactly handsome either. Now, neither one of them are lookers. Ozzy overall had a better looking band, you know, but for one thing, Ozzy changed with the times. Dio never changed with the times. Remember, Ozzy went through his whole uh, spandex and, and hairspray period of time. He was willing to do that when MTV was a thing and Dio wasn't and Dio would have looked ridiculous if he, if he had tried to it. Of course, one would argue that uh Ozzy looked like Shelley Winters <laughs> when <laughs> when he went through that phase. So, but the one thing that I can trace back to, and I don't think it's the end all, the be all, but the original band, the original Dio band, broke off at this point. Right, Vivian's gone. There was dissension within the band. So, you know, Vivian leaves. Uh, halfway through the Sacred Heart tour, Craig Goldie comes in. I don't know, that probably didn't sit well with some fans that had really grown accustomed to Vivian Campbell through the first two albums, and those first two albums are so amazing. So that could definitely play a part in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, that being said, Ozzy's had numerous band changes throughout his career, so I don't know what to tell you, but... <laughs> All right. So what I did is I'm like, all right,
4: this songwriting thing, is kind of hard to figure out. Like, do we talk about your favorite Ozzy songs, your favorite deal songs, my favorite Ozzy? We would have got caught up in a bunch of things. And maybe we do that someday when we're doing a thanking the grades or something like that. So I went to the internet and found a top 10 from loudersound.com for Ozzy and found a top 10 on the top 10s website for deal. And I made a Spotify playlist for us put 10 against 9 against nine, eight against eight, so on, and figured it'd be fun to see which song do we like better off of these lists. Now these would not match our lists because well, just to break it to everybody, there's no rest for the wicked, no song from that album on this top 10 Ozzy list. And there's no way that I would have a top 10 Ozzy list without a song from no rest for the wicked. Okay. So, but we'll just go with it. So the 10th song for both Ozzy had Hellraiser. And Dio had all the fools sailed away. Which one do you like from that one? Me personally, I like Hellraiser better. Okay. So let me write all this down so that way we can do a percentage afterwards, you know, because I love that. Okay. So me too. All right. Number nine, flying high again. That's a tough one to go up against versus wild one. (laughs)
3: You put up something from lock up the wolves up against flying high again. That's a bit unfair, but I think we all know what the outcome of this one is. Flying high again. Yeah. Uh, Next one's not much
4: harder than that. Number eight, over the mountain versus Egypt. The chains are on. I don't
3: even think I can get through that song the whole way. Egypt. The Chains Are On is, I've said it before, it's the one song on that record that keeps it for me and a perfect record for me. I hate that song. Yeah. That song does nothing for me. So, Over the Mountain by a Miracle Mile. Okay, number seven. This one should be a little more interesting. Shot in the Dark
4: versus We Rock.
3: That's a no-brainer for me. We Rock by a Country Mile.
4: Believe it or not, same for me. All right, number six. Mama, I'm Coming Home versus Lock Up the Wolves, the song.
3: So, look, I think My Mom Coming Home is a well-written song. It's a ballad. I don't care for it. Lock Up the Wolves, though, is not exactly my favorite Dio song. So if we would have taken Wild One from Lock Up the Wolves and put it against this, it would have been a no-brainer and I'd have said the Wild One. But Lock Up the Wolves, it's a little bit of a weird tune. It's really hard for me, man, because I don't love either one of these songs. Uh, Pick. Fine, lock up the wolves because not a ballad. Okay.
4: I'm picking mama. I'm coming home. All right. Uh next one should be interesting. Bark at the moon
3: versus stand up and shout. That is a tough battle to me. It is a tough battle, but <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Stand up and shout, one of my favorite Dio tunes ever. So for me, it's a lot easier than you would think. I love Bark at the Moon. It's one of the better songs on that record because, by the way, that record is dismal. And the fact that it sold more records than uh, No Rest for the Wicked. Last line. <laughs> yeah, it, the, any of that stuff is just ridiculous. Anyway, stand up and shout for me out of these two. Yeah, Bark at the
4: Moon wins for me because I just love that riff. All right, next one. No More Tears versus
3: Don't Talk to Strangers at number four. Just real quick, going back to the Bark at the Moon versus the Stand Up and Shout, both very similar riffs, you know, in in terms of uh, the type of riff, both very similar. So No More Tears versus Don't Talk to Strangers. It's sort of the same situation as the last round between Bark at the Moon, Stand Up and Shout. Don't Talk to Strangers, one of my top five Dio songs of all time. Absolutely love it. By far better than No More Tears for me. And I like No More Tears, but not in this case. I like No More Tears also, but I actually like Don't Talk to Strangers better.
4: Okay, the next one. At number three for Ozzy, we have Diary of a Madman. There's
3: no way that would be on my number three versus The Last in Line by Dio. So this one, I think we're going to end up splitting because I think that Diary of a Madman is an epic masterpiece of guitar work from Randy Rhoads and I can't say enough good stuff about this song, even though I understand it's not a mainstream type song. Last in Line, incredible song. I love Last in Line. This is really hard for me, but I'm going to actually go with Diary of a Madman on this. It
4: might be a masterpiece. I don't like listening to it. I like Last in Line way better. And that video, man, I can't get that video out of my head. So (laughs) that kid was in the Voyagers. I used to love that show. That Voyager show only lasted like two or three years. Love that show. Yeah. Number two, Ozzy has Mr. Crowley and Dio has Rainbow in the Dark.
3: For me personally, I like both of the songs. I think that probably Rainbow is a little bit more fatigued for me. I'm going to go Mr. Crowley with this one. And I'm going Rainbow in the Dark
4: because to me, it's not that Mr. Crowley is fatigued for me. I just like Rainbow in the Dark better. And I like Dio stuff that's got a little pep to the step. And that little keyboard riff thing in Rainbow in the Dark creates that little pep. And then number one on the LouderSound.com for Ozzy was Crazy Train. Number one for the Top Tens website for Dio was Holy Diver. And before you answer, I'm gonna answer first. I don't care if I've heard it one time, and I don't care if I've heard it three million times. Crazy Train's winning for me.
3: I think they might storm the castle and lock us up if we said anything other than that. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like putting up a here's a you know a 16 ounce ribeye steak versus this Salisbury steak that I got <laughs> with some brown gravy on it. You know, I don't, I don't know. I like Holy Diver. Don't get me wrong. I do like the song, but it can't really compare to Crazy Train now, can it? No. So both of us, 60% Ozzy, 40%
4: Dio. <laughs> and most likely the money we've spent on Dio and Ozzy is probably about the same.
3: Yeah. And I think probably overall catalog wise, I honestly, I think that would be really where it would probably end up is like at a 60-40 mix, uh, Ozzy to uh, to Dio. But it's hard because they're obviously this list that we just went through. They're not my favorite Dio songs. They're not even my favorite Ozzy songs. And some of the matchups were good. But overall, uh, they weren't necessarily the end-all of end-all. You know, if we want to put up holy diver versus blizzard of oz right the two debuts uh and do a song by song comparison you know match up and see which one really wins for us then that would be the way to do it maybe we do that someday i don't know that, yeah. not today but uh maybe in the future maybe we do a great album battle or something So is it Ozzy or is it Dio? The great debate continues. Before we go any further with this, of course, we want to take a quick break. And let me share some great past episodes with you guys that I think you might want to check out if you haven't already. Uh, sort of uh within relations to this particular episode, I would encourage you to go check out episode 222, where Sonny and I do a Zach Wilde top 10. And that very same week, we did a nice interview with Zach Wilde as a bonus episode. So I would encourage you to go check out both of those in our archives. Uh also episode 263, which we did much more recently. We did a Thanking the Greats episode where we thanked Randy Rhodes and went through some of our favorite Randy Rhodes tunes, along with discussing the documentary that's out on Amazon Prime right now uh, that covers Randy Rhodes' early career and Quiet Riot before he joined Ozzy. It's a great little documentary. I would encourage you guys to go check that out. You've heard a lot of the listeners chime in on this episode. This is how we get you guys involved. Come on over to Facebook or Twitter and join the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook private group where Sonny will ask these questions. We get people's response and we use it in the episode. Also, you can follow me at Grown Up Rock on Twitter. That's the way that you guys can get involved. Thanks. That's our public service announcement for the episode. Now back to the regularly scheduled episode.
4: Didn't you also interview Craig Goldie? and Rowan Robertson at some point?
3: Yeah, I did, actually. That's a great point. Yep, there's some great uh, archives back there. The Craig Goldie interview is really good. He was really honest about a lot of stuff, and that's a long one. That's, he came me like an hour and a half of his time or so. Uh, the Rowan Robertson one is a little bit shorter. That one ran about 45 minutes or so. Uh, but both guys are good. Both interviews came out really good. So yeah, go check those out as well. I forgot about those.
4: Okay, so our next topic slash episode slash chapter to a book, I would call The Voice. So Ivan Galesik said, I love both of them solo and with Black Sabbath, but I give the edge to Dio for the voice. I just enjoyed the sound of his voice better. I've seen them both live many times, and Dio was far better the singer live. B.J. Cramp answered, see, we got everybody. When there's a debate, dude, you get everybody. Right, So BJ goes, whether or not Dio is the better singer, I like Sabbath with Ozzy and Ozzy solo more, even though I love Sabbath with Dio and Dio. If one factors in Dio's time with Rainbow and combines that with Dio's Sabbath albums, now that's a competition. So what who would win the competition between Rainbow plus Heaven and Hell plus Mob Rules versus Ozzy Sabbath? I guess we could figure that out later. He also likes Ozzy's 80s solo records a lot more than Dio's. And so does everybody else, according to the sales, BJ. So you're not the only person out there. Jack Broad says... I think Dio is a far better vocalist, although I do like Ozzy's voice as well. But Dio's solo albums really trailed off after The Last In Line. He was really hit or miss after that, where Ozzy's first four albums are pretty darn solid. I will say this, I will take Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules over any Ozzy recorded with Sabbath, though. Which, man, Heaven and Hell Mob Rules just got this love, and I have both those albums, and best I can say is meh, you can send your hate mail directly to me. And you should send <laughs> your your hate mail directly to pooney Neither one of those touch no rest for the wicked for me, so I don't care. <laughs> um, okay, so Stephen, I will ask you who has the better voice and why, but I will answer first. To me, Dio absolutely has the better voice. Why? Because Dio's simply better. That's just how it is. Ozzy's got this bang zone of an octave to two octaves that he stays in and he does not venture from that Dio really pretty much did the same thing also, but it was at a different range of octave and the theatrics and the musical theater behind Dio's delivery absolutely made his voice more dynamic. Ozzy's voice is just not dynamic. I can't listen to 70 Ozzy songs in a row because that voice just
3: nails on me after a while. Your thoughts. All right. So I'll start off by saying, both Ozzy and Ronnie James Dio have two of the most recognizable voices in rock and roll, meaning that really nobody else sounded like them when they were out. And nobody to this day, I've never heard anybody that sounds like Ozzy Osbourne. I just haven't. Ronnie James Dio, within the last several years, There have been clones that have come out that sound a lot like Ronnie. And so there are definitely people that sound similar to Ronnie from back in the day. But Ronnie had this sweet spot of gravel where he went and his voice almost sounded angry. At some point, he pushed it to where it had this angry growl underneath. And I absolutely loved that. To me... Without a doubt, Ronnie James Dio is the better singer, but I can't deny that Ozzy has just a unbelievably recognizable voice that is never, to my knowledge, never been duplicated. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, Dio is the better singer and it's like you said, Sonny, just more dynamics to his voice, more things that he can do with his voice versus Ozzy.
1: Take a listen to these two classic songs. One by Ronnie and one by Ozzy and decide for yourself who the better vocalist is.
4: Okay. The next topic, we'll label this the wives. Okay. (laughs) So even our buddy Zeus got involved in the commenting. He says, Randy and Ozzy had the better wife slash manager. Um, it wasn't Randy's wife, Zeus, just, just making that clear. Um, John Harden says, Wendy Dio isn't the force that Sharon Osbourne is. Dave Tedder Our buddy Dave says, Sharon and Wendy's management styles were drastically different. While Wendy was reserved and more methodical, Sharon is bombastic, loud, and up your ass. She and her father didn't get along, but she knew she could count on him if she needed someone hung out of a window upside down with a rope tied to their genitals if needed. Because love or hate each other, he loved to do shit like that.
0: Alrighty then.
4: Zach Loveless, Ozzy did better because he married Sharon. Dio is better, but didn't marry into the right family to become royalty. Toby Guidry says, the answer is simple. Sharon, if it wasn't for her, Ozzy would have probably OD'd in a hotel room after getting kicked out of Sabbath. She also is as ruthless a manager as her father. Scott Smith says, Ozzy's more popular for one reason. Sharon, say what you will about her. She's a savvy businesswoman and manager. She surrounded Ozzy with talented people who they could rip off, just ask J.K. Lee, and built an empire. As talented as Ozzy is as a vocalist, if it weren't for Sharon, he would have faded away after Black Sabbath or succumbed to his demons. So we kind of talked about this earlier. Wendy took over as a manager for Dio, but she did it reluctantly. Later on, she's had an artist management company for the last basically 30, 32, 33 years officially. Let me ask you this. There's no doubt
3: that Sharon is a key to this whole thing, correct? Sonny, are you familiar with the word pedigree? Yes. Sharon has a pedigree, okay? It's in her blood since the day she was born. We know her father's background as a record company exec and manager, hardcore, cutthroat. So she was around that the whole time. She was working in the offices of Jet Records. She was groomed and trained along the way. And that's something that you can't teach. Wendy doesn't have a background like that. So right, wrong or indifferent, agree with her business ethics or not. You want a piranha like that on your team right? You want somebody like that to go to bat for you. You want a lawyer like that. You want a manager like that. And Sharon is that. And yes, I think that that is a huge key to the story because, Sonny, how many times have we talked to various artists and we we ask them, well, why don't you think you were bigger? And a lot of the times it comes back to, well, we just didn't have the right manager or the record company didn't want to promote us. Well, Ozzy had all of that. He had the record company father of the manager that he was married to uh, and businesswoman. So he had all of that going for him. So I think that it is a huge part of it, a very huge part of it. So I'm going to put my therapist hat on for a second. You know, being a
4: gambler, playing poker, I'm a read other people guy. And I've been through this myself. Okay. So I have not had a drink for 15 years, but I have been an alcoholic. That means I have been a fuck up. And that means I apologized and negotiated a lot with a person who loved me and stuck through it with me. Right. My guess is Ozzy did the same shit. So is it safe to say that maybe he was a little more agreeable with Sharon because, you know, you know how the marriage works. You got to have hand, right? Somebody does something wrong. The other person has hand and Ozzy couldn't stop fucking doing things wrong. Cause I'm you, Sharon didn't tell him to piss on the Alamo, right? He did that shit on his own, right? But then it's like, look, you fucked up this way. You have to go now do this to make it right. And he doesn't have a choice, but to agree. Cause he's in apology mode. Would you say that's honest? Uh,
3: yeah, I'd, I'd say that's pretty honest from what I understand.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause think about it. There's no way deal is going to pick up pigs in a video. Right? Ozzy was doing that. You would never see Dio put a mask on and pretending to be somebody else. Ozzy was willing to do that. Now, part of it is he's just crazy and he'll do anything. And probably somebody's saying, You ain't getting that bottle of vodka until you put that mask on. <laughs> and he says, Can I have two, please? Who knows?
3: Yeah, I think Dio probably had much more of a hands on approach when it came to his career with Wendy versus Ozzy with Sharon. Don't get me wrong, I don't think. Sharon said jump and Ozzy said how high. It's not to that degree, but I think agreeable is a good word. I think that he may have screwed up so many times and he basically let Sharon do what Sharon does, right? And trusted her to guide his career in the proper path versus Dio, who probably maybe second-guessed Wendy a lot if Wendy had input, and maybe he said, yeah, you know, I don't really want to do this. I'd rather do this. Uh, And that's the way it is, type uh, situation with uh, Ronnie and Wendy.
4: So the next topic, and the only reason I even have this topic is because it created an argument (laughs) on the post. So we're going to call this topic, Ozzy Got a Head Start? Question mark? Because that is a question mark for me. So Martin Wenham says, Ozzy was much bigger before Dio came along, so he had a head start. I also think that songs Ozzy did in the 80s were more relatable, less Dungeons and Dragons, more gritty, so he would naturally be more popular with a casual rock or metal fan. Pure technical singing, Dio's got to get it, but technical ability is only half the story. Not that he didn't have loads of stage presence and singing writing ability, but I think wider audience was able to connect with Ozzy better. What a choice though, both absolute legends. Then this started this argument, I'll leave their names out, one says, I like Ronnie much better, but he wasn't the character that Ozzy was, the TV shows alone boosted his popularity much more than his singing ability. Then somebody came over the top and says, Ozzy was much more popular than Dio long before the shows. Then later it was, fact is, Dio never had the Black Sabbath type recognition because he wasn't in a band when they had that much impact. And let's face it, Black Sabbath alone had more classic songs in the Ozzy years than Dio did in his whole career. Furthermore, Ozzy star went even higher in his post-Sabbath career. Songs, better staging, more exposure, and Sharon. During Ozzy's resurgence, Dio went to Sabbath as Ozzy's replacements, and his shoes might have been too big to fill even for Dio. Ronnie was a great singer, but he never had the charisma that Ozzy had. Even Dio's post-Sabbath stuff was always overshadowed by Ozzy. So here's my take on this. If we're talking that Ozzy got a head start because of his popularity via Sabbath, okay, because Dio was an elf and maybe didn't have that much popularity. But overall activity-wise, if we want to talk head start, Dio started in 57. Ozzy didn't start till 67. So what's your thoughts on this whole head start thing? Like what started the argument about this head start bullshit? Like what happened here?
3: (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people uh, make good points. I think, you know, to kind of wade through everything that they're saying, I think overall, I understand that what they mean by Ozzy got the head start is Ozzy's fame was much larger coming from a band like Black Sabbath, who were for all intents and purposes, the pioneers of metal, right? I mean, one of the first bands in there, the godfathers of heavy metal, however you want to look at it. So he created a name for himself from that band alone. You can't really compare something like a rainbow You know, and Elf doesn't really even come into the mix for me uh, when we're talking about this. So from that aspect, I sort of understand what they're saying. Ozzy created a name for himself uh, long before Dio did. And I kind of agree with that. It's not that Dio didn't have a name. It's just it wasn't the lead singer of Black Sabbath, right? So from that aspect, I do understand uh, what they're saying. And yeah, I mean, I agree with that to a point. So next topic we got is let's just talk about the
4: Sabbath effect. So Mark Arnold says, Sabbath made Ozzy huge. He was the rebel devil guy, which made him cool in the eighties. Ronnie was cool too, but in a different way that didn't have the same mass appeal, especially to kids in the eighties. Ronnie didn't have the shock value that Ozzy did. Who do I like best? That's a broad question. Musically and vocally, I prefer Ronnie. Dio's a much better singer. It depends on what I'm in mood for at the time. Both are great for different reasons. Ozzy has a lot of great songs between Sabbath and his solo stuff, but he hardly wrote any of it. Dio could actually write great lyrics, which we're not sure Dio was writing all of it either, depending on who you believe. Gary Cap says, to me, Ozzy was more popular for two reasons. His previous band, Black Sabbath, was way more popular than Rainbow, and then his offstage antics, which we've already talked about. So, Steven, I got two questions for you here. Was Sabbath left for dead by the time Dio gets there? Like, you could say, Iomi, was worried that Ozzy was going to ruin them. But instead, he ended up giving Ozzy a way to make himself a household name and not having Ozzy
3: ruin them instead, right? I mean, Sabbath was definitely left for dead when they fired Ozzy. If you think back to that time, their albums were on the decline. This was right after Van Halen destroyed them in their own home country of England, right? Put them to shame opening up for them. And so, yeah, I mean, Sabbath was definitely left for dead at that point, you know, by the time Dio gets there. So, you
4: know, we've talked a little bit about Sabbath. Let's talk a little bit about Rainbow. Here's where my other question is. Because Sabbath's left for dead, let's say, and Ronnie doesn't really have anything with them, he did have something with Rainbow. But the problem is it didn't last long enough. By the time Rainbow had hits, Ram Bonnet and Jolene Turner had the hits. Now, you could say, does Stone Cold get written if Ronnie's in Rainbow? I don't know. I have no idea. But if Ronnie stays in Rainbow long enough for Rainbow to hit the charts,
3: when Ronnie goes solo, does he do better? Rainbow was a different band with every singer they had come in there. Rainbow with Ronnie James Dio was not the same as Rainbow with Joe Turner or Graham Bonnet. It was just different bands. And if you ask the hardcore Rainbow fan what are the iconic Rainbow records? They're probably going to tell you Rainbow Rising and maybe Long Live Rock and Roll, both with Ronnie James Dio. So I don't necessarily know that it would have changed if he would have stayed with Rainbow. And I can tell you for sure that the two albums that he put out with Black Sabbath did more for his career than anything Richie Blackmore would have done.
4: And then the final topic we're going to talk about, let's talk about the members. So Mark Masalam, friend of ours, says Ozzy had iconic guitar players to raise his profile during his solo years. Christopher Powell says, I think Ozzy's solo success comes down to two main things. Number one, branding. Number two, the guitar players. Remember, this was the Guitar God era, and he had Randy Rhodes, Jakey Lee, and Zach Wild. I don't know any Ozzy fan that actually mentions Ozzy when they're talking about his music. That's very interesting. I thought that was a very good point because a lot of the times, even when we talk about Ozzy, I'll say, just like BB would say, unbearded Zach. That's why I love No Risk for the Wicked. It's not because of Ozzy. It's because of Zach that I love that right? Even when we talked about Bark at the Moon, it's the riff Jake had. We didn't talk about Ozzy's vocal melody on that, right? So he's right there. Lauren Carter says, Dio's keyboards took a lot of space from the guitar players. And while known for chops, Zach, Jake, and Randy had some iconic riffs that enhanced the songwriting. Ozzy seemed to lean on them more than Ronnie leaned on Vivian, Craig, and Rowan. So the question I got for you, Randy Rhodes, Jakey Lee, Zach Wild, Gus G versus Vivian Campbell, Rowan Robertson, Craig Goldie, and Tracy G. I get it. They're all musicians. They all play guitar better than we do, but is
3: it isn't even a competition. <sighs> Let's be honest. It's a hard thing to answer, and here's why. I think that Randy Rhodes, Jakey Lee, and Zach Wild came along at a point where, like somebody said, guitar gods were the thing. The guitar god thing lessened as time went on, especially where Craig Goldie and Tracy G are concerned. It's really hard because all these guitar players, every one of them are amazing. So that's just really hard to say. I mean, how do you put somebody like Randy Rhodes, who is an icon, up against anybody? I mean, basically... Uh, as good as Jake and Zach are as good as Viv is as good as Gus G is, how do you compare them to somebody that's an icon like Randy? I don't know, man. I think they're all seen individually as guitar gods. All these guys. Yeah, it's easy for me. It's not
4: even a competition. You're being nice. They're all talented. Don't get me wrong. But if I had to start a band, am I going to start it with Randy or Zach or even Jakey Lee over Viv? Yeah, probably. I'm telling you, Viv would probably answer the same way. <laughs>
3: but but to me, ultimately, it's going to come down to the song. If my favorite song is Crazy Train, out of everything, if Tracy G is the guitar player on that, I still love that song more than anybody else. I don't care whether it's Tracy G versus Randy Rhoads. You see what I'm saying? So it comes down to the music and the songs to me more so than who's actually playing that song. Before we uh, wrap it up. Wait a minute. Before you wrap all this up and before you go and connect something to Kiss, there was one glaring chapter in this novel that you put together missing for me personally. Oh, really? Okay, go for it. Oh, hugely. We did not even discuss the live aspect. And to me... This is two artists that built their careers on a live component, right? They both toured excessively. And I'll stand by this. I've seen Ozzy starting with Jakey Lee and going forward, right? I never saw Ozzy with Randy, so I can't comment on that. And then I saw the original Ronnie James Dio band starting with Last in Line and going forward that way. And for me, although both are really good live, I will still to this day tell you that one of the best concerts that I've ever seen hands down was uh, Ronnie James Dio on both the Last in Line and the Sacred Heart tour. He was doing things live in concert with his stage set and his effects that I had never seen live. So I'll put that right out there. Like Ozzy, when I saw him both times, I saw him early on when I saw him, I saw him on the Bark at the Moon tour was the first time I saw Ozzy. I thought it was a good show, but it was nothing special. There weren't any amazing effects or anything that I was like, holy shit. With Dio, there was definitely that. So I'll put that out there. For me on the live thing, and this is
4: where the three to four years absolutely matters, right? So by the time I see Dio, he's at the tail end of Dream Evil and Ozzy is just released. No rest. Dude, it wasn't even close. Zach alone blew away everything Ronnie did on stage, right? You're getting a 20-year-old Zach at that point. They ain't nothing touching Ozzy at that point, but it's also 1988 89 by then.
3: And by the time Dio gets to lock up the Wolves, he's basically playing large clubs at that point. Right. I saw Dio like in a pretty sizable club for lock up the Wolves tour, which was, I mean, he went from arenas to clubs. In that two album span When I saw Apples to Apples Both in an arena The Aussie show could not even come close To what I saw on Last in Line or Sacred Heart Yeah Alright so let's connect it to KISS You wanted the best But you got the best
0: The hottest band in the world KISS It's time for your Historic moment on Growing Up Rock.
4: So, for the historic moment, Ozzy nor Dio, they didn't do any Kiss covers. (laughs) Let's be real here. I'm not even sure if Kiss played with Ozzy or Dio that many times at festivals, maybe. My guess is for the most part, they were just kind of on different tracks in the same business. I'm sure they cross paths or whatever, but really they're in a little bit of competition, right? There's always kind of friendly competition because they're all around the same age. And they're doing different styles of music really between the three because you kind of got Kiss doing their own thing. You got this like melodic metal Ozzy's doing, and then you got this Dungeons and Dragons stuff that Dio's doing. So they're really never going to be on the same bill that often. So I figured I'd go with a cover that maybe involves one of the band members, and I went with Phineopathy. So this was released in 2013 on an album called A World With Heroes, a Kiss Tribute album. So here is Jim Crean, who that was the guy that was supposed to be on that first real gig that Vinnie Vincent canceled. He's a singer from Buffalo. He's got strong ties with the Apposy Brothers. Phil Naro, who's playing guitar on this song with Talis, Coney Hatch, Vinnie Apposy. Uh, piece depending on how you want to pronounce it he's on drums we all know him Steve Major who is a uh, independent musician plays guitar on the track and then Stan Mixek who is a Canadian dude that played with Sass Jordan he's on bass and this is their version of magic touch Hello.
3: Dynasty classic. Yep. Magic touch.
4: (laughs) That's a tough one to do, dude. You're going to do Paul from that era. You better not fuck up. (laughs) It's a fair copy, right? I thought Jim did well. I think the music is always doable. You know, now can you get the slopalicious right with Ace? You know, he's got bracelets and rings hitting strings. Like who knows what Ace is doing, right? So that's kind of tough to figure out. I thought Jim did the vocal pretty well. It is hard to replicate Paul from that era.
3: Yeah. And that's a song you don't hear too often. It's one of the ones I enjoy off of Dynasty for sure. Yeah. Paul from 77 to about 92. God,
4: he's about as close to untouchable from a cover point that you can get. Like he not only has a little bit of uniqueness to his voice, but man, does he have dynamics and he is hard to pull off. All right, so wrapping this up, here's my thought between Dio and Ozzy. Live, to me, Ozzy was better. We talked about that. Vocalist, to me, Dio's better. We talked about that. Relatable songs, to me, that's Ozzy. Pop icon, to me, that's Ozzy. I watched one half of one episode of The Osbournes, and I was done. Like, I didn't even care. Did nothing for me. Also with Ozzy, and this is just a vibe, right? To me, Dio kind of came off like a dad of this business and Ozzy came off as the crazy uncle dangerous guy. And you know what? If I'm going to go hang out with somebody and party with somebody, I'm sorry. It's going to be Ozzy. I want to not remember what I did last night. I feel like I'd get a lecture from Dio about a, you know, you've had a few. Why don't you calm down a little bit? Like I'm sure he would do it in a nice way, but that's just my feeling. I've never met either one of them. This is all off of their persona in pop culture But I think I got to go with Ozzy because he's the
3: crazy guy. And I think I got to go with that. Let me just tell you what I heard from you. What I just heard from you is you would rather than have somebody pass you a joint and be mellow, hang out with a dude that felt like a good joke was to shit in your shoes and (laughs) and walk away. I don't know about you, but at this point in my life, I'd rather have somebody pass me a doobie <laughs> than, than having to deal with defecation in my sneakers. Because <laughs> some of that shit is just flat out gross, man. Some of those stories from the Motley Crue Aussie tour just beyond human, man. Some of that stuff. Uh, that's just, what vodka do to you man that's vodka plus cocaine it's amazing i'll tell you what cocaine that's a hell of a drug <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's it's crazy uh for me i've said it before do live was just a better overall show i have A ton of Aussie stuff that I love. And the guitar players are definitely a huge factor with me. I would say that Dio probably has more songs that really get my adrenaline pumping. Songs like Stand Up and Shout and Don't Talk to Strangers and We Rock and and Breathless, some of those songs just really get my blood pumping. Ozzy overall has probably more tunes that I love. Uh, So I think if we were going to sit down and do a catalog versus catalog and a song versus song type situation, I would find that I like more Ozzy than I do Dio. Uh, And I think it's probably going to come down to a 60-40 mix, but both for me are great. I have pretty much the entire catalog from both singers, and that's where I'll leave it. Uh, If I have to choose one one over the other, well, it's my podcast, and I don't, so I choose both.
4: (laughs) Well, I want to thank everybody for the comments and just the engagement on the topic. Uh, We were surprised how many comments we got. You just heard kind of a sliver of it. Uh, Some I had to protect the innocent because I don't think they were trying to get into a Facebook altercation with each
3: other, (laughs) but it kind of went there. It's an emotional topic for sure. Love the passion. Rock and roll is a passion. But yeah, it's funny when people post on Facebook how they're the way that they deliver, or at least the way that we read their comments, it's delivered with such like concrete, this is a fact. Type thing, which really almost none of it is a fact. Most of it is opinions and your taste. (laughs) Each to his own, for sure. Like who you like and listen to who you listen to. They're both great for me. I love them both. There's plenty of catalog on both sides. So, fortunately, we're in America and I don't have to choose. I can listen to Ozzy one song and switch it to Dio on the next. So, it's all good. God rest Dio's soul. I wish he was still alive and out there plugging away, but he's not. He's getting ready to release some sort of a movie or something in theaters for a short period of time, some documentary or something. Hopefully that'll be uh, on the streaming services not too long, because I think it's only in the theater for like one or two days or something like that. I don't remember what the details are, but I'd be interested in seeing that for sure.
4: Yeah. And, you know, we didn't talk about it much. Wendy tried with the deal hologram, you know? Did it work out the way everybody wanted? Maybe not. But, you know, you got to give it to Wendy for at least trying.
3: Yeah, it's interesting, too. I don't think, at least to my knowledge, Sharon never branched out and and managed anybody other than uh, Ozzy, did she? Have you met the man? (laughs) Dude, she had her fucking hands full. (laughs) I know for a fact Wendy Dio managed other people, right? She managed Rough Cut. I know that for a fact. I guess that was just something I was bringing up, is that Wendy had other irons in the fire, whereas Sharon was dedicated and focused only on Ozzy.
4: My guess is Sharon couldn't even go to the bathroom without worried about Ozzy doing three lines while she was gone. Don't disagree. <laughs> Don't
3: disagree. Just more of a casual observation than anything, yeah, she really. She went
4: to the bathroom, and then he <laughs> went and store to dance. She went and took a shower, and he pissed on the Alamo, so she just stopped doing all that stuff.
3: yeah she she definitely deserves that money i'm sure (laughs) not a job i would want thanks no thank you so all right great episode thanks everybody for contributing to this episode we hope we've sparked debate amongst you all we hope that you guys go out and listen to dio and ozzy records for the rest of the week and weekend and uh Yeah, it's all on who you like. Like them both, like one, like the other. It's all great rock and roll to me. So thanks again. Sonny, you have anything you want to add before we get up on out of here? Go (laughs) Wazzy, Go Dio. See ya later.
0: Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.